0: Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast.
1: So, Jesus, we love you so much. And we thank you that you're our solution to every need. You're our solution to every sickness. You're our solution to every disease. You are our solution and we run wildly to you. And God, these requests for the prodigals to come home, God, we cry out, awaken, awaken, awaken a generation of sons and daughters to come back home. God, we cry out that salvation spring up from the ground, God. God, we cry out that their hearts are fully surrendered, that their lives are a poured out offering, that it is not halfway, um, but it is fully, fully in. All that your word says. We just cry out for souls, for the prodigals to come home. We cry out for our nation to be saved. We cry out for our government to be cleansed and for righteousness to rise up in our government oh god from the local level to the state level to the national level god we need you we it's madness everywhere god and we know we know we know that you're moving the proof is is because we see all the crazy it's like it's not even hidden anymore sin is being pushed into a corner where you're like I'm not tolerating it anymore So, God, we just ask you to cleanse our nation and God, we just bless Nathan and Gina and we bless Carly and Chelsea. We bless this family. God, with your answer, with your favor, with your um, um, that you would show up wildly for them in a way that not just surprises them, but blows them away pour your, your glory and your spirit out on them in Jesus name. And we just pray for all of the families, all of the, all of the cellular families. Oh God of this body, God, that revival would come in and fill our homes, that your glory would come in and fill our homes, That God that you would begin to establish altars in our home. That you would begin to bring us to the place where we have actual altars in our home, where we gather together as a family, and you always meet us at the altar, God. I pray that you begin building altars in our home that is an altar, like not just an idea, but God, that there is a burning, fiery altar in our homes, God, awaken that in our homes we pray. And God, I just give you this class tonight. In my weakness, God, you are strong. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to take us where you want us to go, to talk about what you want to talk about. And we just thank you, God, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. How are y'all doing? Max, yes. to
2: hear. Okay, a very good friend of our family. Um, He's a pastor over at Rockport. We got a call this afternoon that he was on they were transporting him to Evansville. Thought he had had a stroke. And we prayed and not long after that uh, got a message that he's fine. Everything's fine and they can't find any trace that he'd had a stroke. So that's an answer to prayer quickly.
1: Absolutely, praise you Jesus praise you Jesus do we have any other testimonies Jana you have a testimony alright let me come back
3: um, it's been a while back but I went down for prayer for my brother-in-law on a Sunday Kent and he had had a stroke Pastor Scott you remember he had had a stroke his right side was totally paralyzed and six weeks after the stroke His right side was totally paralyzed, and they were getting ready to send him home. And we went down for prayer. Our whole family went down, and now he's not, he's driving. He's not even using a cane. I mean, uh, every, you know, it's just amazing. Only God. Only God.
1: Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm just going to throw this out there about what we're talking about tonight. We're going deeper into the whole subject. Is uh, there any other testimonies? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pass on if there was any other testimonies. Okay. All right. So we're, I was just in the discipleship class with the young adults and the teenagers, and I told them if we preach any gospel besides what jesus did if we preach anything outside of the of what the word says do not listen to us and what true discipleship is is imitating god learning how to walk how he walked so tonight last week wasn't last week awesome last week was a lot of fun reading through all those scriptures about how he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. And who knew there were so many scriptures? I honestly didn't realize there were so many scriptures in there that like specifically hit just that topic, that he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. Um, in Ephesians 3, 4, and 5, um, it, it, it just totally clarifies this thing that he is building us up until... He appointed apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists for the, 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 um, to teach and to grow the saints until, until full maturity. So anywho, looking, I'm just going on deeper from where we were at last week, but, but Jesus basically taught three things, preach the word. Heal the sick, cast out demons. And so tonight we're going to talk about deliverance ministry, casting out demons. Um, I don't take it lightly. Scott and I don't take it lightly, this conversation. Last night we were sitting in the living room and we looked at each other and we're like, do we realize the cost of actually stepping into this because there's, there's a call like the enemy hates to be exposed. Um, I want to tell you, so I'll just tell you this. So we went, we went to the movies, a group of us went to see that come out in Jesus name movie, Monday night. Um, So it's basically a, um, what do you call it? It's not a movie. It's a documentary. Thank you. Of... Greg Locke and these guys and the ministry that they carry of deliverance. And like thousand. okay, it's not, I'm not talking about the guys. I'm talking about what God is doing in this last day, in this last time, in this last season before he returns. Um, because we haven't walked in this fully I mean Scott has a little bit of experience with it but we've never really taught it as a church or like even now like I'm not even going to teach about it cuz I don't even know how to teach about it but we're going to read a lot of scripture. We're going to read Jesus's stories of what he did. And and I don't want us to like jump on a bandwagon. I want us to learn and do what Jesus did. And um, so I'll just, I'll just give you this example, but also this crazy story. So Monday night, we're in the theater. Monday during the day, I'm listening to the interviews of Greg Locke and, and these guys. And every one of the guys that the, te- the testimony was that whenever they went the first time, it had played in, in March, every single guy said that at the end of the movie, people began Manifesting. And that deliverance was happening in the theater, every single one. And I'm just like sitting there going, hmm, I wonder if this would happen. Hmm. So we show up and we watch this movie. And at one point during the movie, whenever the preaching was, I know these guys that were there, they they heard it. But during the preaching of deliverance, of naming and calling out the demons that cannot stay, a man in the theater started manifesting and he was like manifesting and like he was like about to not be able to breathe. And I look at Scott and I'm like, that guy is real. And we're like, okay. But then like the shot stopped and then it went on to another thing and it calmed down. Okay. At the end of the movie, the lights come on and there's maybe 20 of us in the theater. Two out of 20 people began, began manifesting. Like there wasn't even this many people in the theater. And two people began to manifest full-on vomiting. Uh, the one man was growling and all these things. And, and and we all stand up like, I'm like, it's us. <laughs> it's like, here we are. And it's like, okay, we're not leaving. And it felt, I'm, I'm going to tell you how it felt. It didn't feel scary. It felt very normal. Even though I didn't know what to do. But... But I, I didn't feel bad because I didn't know what to do. I knew what I could do that I could stand back and that I could pray in the spirit. Is this okay with you guys? This was Jesus's normal life. And it needs to be normal life with us because there really are demonized people all around us. And we want people free. I want to be free. Okay, so that's why we're talking about it. Are we good? Oh, I am. I'm not, I'm not going to, it is too good not to. So me. Okay. So there's this young man and he is full on vomiting. The lady next to him is full on vomiting. And I'm going, I don't know what to do. Scott goes down and he starts praying with the man. The man's pastor was there as well. So it was basically the man's pastor and Scott that was praying like directly for him And then the lady next to him, which it was really interesting because I was standing back and I was, I wasn't necessarily listening because there was a lot of vomiting going on. And it's like, it's not like you're like trying to press in and find out these these people's stuff. Um, But at one point, the flow of what the spirit was doing was simultaneous. Like what was happening in the women? I don't know if other people in the room noticed that, that weren't actually praying the woman, I should say, Dawn and Julianne went over and started praying with the woman to become free. Um, but anyway, I remember them praying and like, what was happening with the woman was the same thing that was happening with the man. It was an older woman and a younger man. And I was like, that's just really interesting. But then I just kind of shrugged it off. Well, at the end, I found out it was mother and son and they were both dealing with the same stuff. Not totally, So we probably stayed for like an hour, I think, afterwards, which really felt like five minutes, kind of, you know. Um, But whenever we got in the car, Scott said that he counted that they cast out seven demons out of that man. And like Dawn and Julianne, whenever they're praying with this lady... they basically and I feel like the man was kind of the same way there was some chatter going on with the stuff that was inside of him but he really wanted free like whenever he came to his mind he would cry out to God for freedom and so that was really cool but then the woman it was like she was recognizing what she needed to be free from and she was casting and they were just like joining her with her just like freeing herself so yeah that happened Monday night at the movie theater. Please.
4: Cause I know I'm not. <laughs> no, I just want to th- say, cause she's talking about like deliverance is like on the radar for our church. Okay. Um, if you know me, I have an actual fear of throwing up. So I hate it with a passion <laughs> and God gave me kids that puke up mucus all the time because they're allergies. So he's been working on me. But so then while we're in the movie theater, the pastor of this guy he's the one that started praying he stood up and was like hey let's let's all pray and I'm like okay and then these people start manifesting throwing up and I'm just like laughing I'm like seriously God like because through the whole movie I was telling Don there's like throw up bags in the movie because people are getting rid of demons I'm like I... Um, anyways the whole reason why I'm sharing this is because the reason why I went down to this woman was she was by herself And here she was manifesting, needing to be free. And I felt the compassion of the Lord of, I don't want her to be alone. That was my whole reason. And so when we're ministering to people, regardless of if they need inner healing, deliverance, whatever it is, it's motivated by God's compassion for the person. And that is enabled me to disregard the throw up. However, Don was helping out with the throw up bag. She's like, I'll take that. I was like, Jason, give me a new cup because this lady needs a new cup here. So that's the only tidbit I wanted to share that deliverance, whatever it is we're doing, it's motivated from the compassion of the Lord. And that's what would keep it uh, central in knowing like, you know, I see people wearing demon slayers shirt, like whatever. I don't, I'm not a demon slayer. I want to minister to people. I care about people. And I feel like that, no matter what power we see released or what, anything that we see happen, it's about people and God's compassion and love for them. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Do any of you guys have anything? I not even know you were oh, that's okay. There. Snuck up on you. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I just wanted the one thing that really has been sticking out with me and with this lady. She loved Jesus. She knew the word. And it's like, it showed me that there's a lot of broken Christians that have some deep wounds and she had some deep wounds and we were just kind of facilitating her delivery because she knew what she needed to do. So that was kind of nice to to be the first one that I've, you know, participated in and we just loved on her and we laughed and, you know, but there was probably like, I would say five to seven demons that were being released. And, um, but anyway, I just want to say that that was the, That was the big takeaway is like, you can love Jesus with all your
1: heart and still have. It is not. It was just Monday and Tuesday. Um, It will be out on streaming platforms very soon. So it's called um, Get Out in Jesus' Name. Yeah. Come Out in Jesus' Name. Um, Greg Locke is the one. I mean, I would say watch it. Guys, I... I am pretty convinced I am not called to deliverance ministry. But I want to know how to do this with my whole heart. I want to be able to help people get free. Um, This is not a...
5: Aren't you just thankful God's growing this? Um, So one thing that stood out to me is like, um, you know, we we had uh, the conference uh, three or four weeks ago. And during the conference, there's a young teenage girl that need Miss Christie from from the ministry team that came, and, and Lori. A couple of them were able to go and do that, and it's like it really stirred. And I've dealt with it before, but I just trusted in Jesus with it. I don't know how bad of a job I did, but the individual got free in the end. So probably could have been a whole lot easier, but um, but but th- where this originated from, if you watch it, is from. And we're not promoting any ministries, you guys understand that. Like I, I don't really know enough to know anything about Pastor Greg Locke, but his testimony of where this started at is they were doing a baptism and baptizing people, and there was a grandmother and a, and a young uh, granddaughter in the baptism tank together, and he baptized them. And when the young granddaughter came up out of the water, she full on uh, was manifesting. And he had a... Yeah, he didn't even believe But, But my my thing is, is in that moment when that happened, you know, he's live streaming and he's thinking, oh, my goodness. So his first thing was embarrassment. Like, here I am as a pastor, this is happening, and I don't even know how to help this child. Uh, and then some team members, um, you know, took the child out and dealt with it somewhat or whatever. But I just want to say, like, it came out of that place of, wait a minute. There, there's deliverance ministry. There are people that called specifically to that. But, but Jesus says all of us are to go lay hands on the sick, that they be healed, to deliver these things and to be at a place who knows where, just like Les. I, was, I, was, wasn't, I just wanted to go see a movie and learn. I went to the bathroom after the movie, and then I come back in, and here we got this thing happening, and I'm like, I'm just blessing the pastor, I'm like, you go pastor, and then I'm like, well, I probably shouldn't stand on the sideline, <laughs> and, and dove in, and thankfully both of us worked really together in that, but, uh, but I just wanted to share that, of like where, where it originally birthed this calling to step into this for their ministry was, they were faced with it. And it's like, what are we going to do? We can't just send the child home. Like, let, let's learn how to biblically uh, operate in the authority that God's given us and know how to handle it and take authority because he has full authority and he's delegating it to us so we don't have to be fearful. And like I was, I'm just like, I'm like, God, I'm diving in there. Here I, here I go. And we were down there and, um, and, uh, and I, kn- I didn't feel any fear at all. I didn't feel any shame of not knowing like A through Z exactly. I just knew that I had authority in Jesus' name. I knew this young man wanted free because he would praise Jesus, and then he would say, "There's another one," and he would say, "It's this," and then that thing would start manifesting. And me and Pastor would just take authority, and we'd be like we'd call that thing exactly what he listed, and we would take authority over that in the name of Jesus and rebuke it and. And it was it was dealt with. And but um, but I think it's it's all coming from a place of uh, of our hearts, if you would hear us, is just wanting to be equipped to ultimately fulfill everything that God's called us to do out of compassion, as Pastor Julianne said, because that's what that's what motivated Jesus to do everything that he did. Amen. So I just thought I'd share that little snippet. That's
1: that's really good. I'm just gonna like talk about some things that's just kind of popping in my head, if that's okay. Um, maybe some of y'all are like fully versed in all of this, but I'm just I'm just learning. Um, whenever we left, the man was still vomiting. He like came to, he was in his sound mind, praising God that he had been set free, but then he started manifesting again as we were leaving. So we didn't stay and even like, like it was late, it was like 1030 and poor Casey, she had to be at work and, um, Dawn and it's like, okay, the pastor, right. The Pat, he was with this pastor. Um, the reason I'm saying this is it is the safest thing you can do is to stay in your lane and to do what you know how to do. We don't have to pretend to be bigger or larger or like we have things figured out. The safest thing that we can do, because I feel like my capacity or my anointing to do this, it's probably bigger than what I realized, but it's like I'm fine with where I'm at and what I've learned right now. And the seven demons that came out of this man, if there were more, and I'm pretty sure sure there were more, this it like maybe it's going to take a day or a week or a year for this man to to go through the journey of getting these things out i don't understand it i don't understand it but i think that i think that we need to take the pressure off of like knowing because I'm listening to these guys online and I mean, they know a lot about this stuff and then they know all the ne- demons, they know the origin, they know this, that, they know how they act whenever they manifest. And I'm like, oh, nothing. All I know is that's not right. And, and God is inviting us into that place to love people enough to just give them the Jesus that we have and that we're just going to, we're going to start at this, at this spot. And and for some extreme cases, it may take a long season for people to get through that. But man, if we get through one or two or three demons that manifest, then that's one or two or three that weren't there before, okay? Um, This is just what's on my mind. Never do we want to entertain or go after somebody that we may know is demonized. We need to stop saying demon possessed because that's not even a thing um, cause Jesus owns us. Um, what I just say? Oh, they need to want it worse than what we want it. They need to be desperate to be free. If we have to talk somebody into it, then that is not good. That is not good. Um, because chances are they're not going to fight to stay free because once you get free, there's going to be a fight for a minute to stay free. You know what I'm saying? And if they're not even really wanting it as bad as we are, then guaranteed, guaranteed, I say guaranteed, I think that demons will probably just rush back in with more. Um, so that is a thought there too. Um, I'm going to say this too. So at the beginning of the movie, there was a uh, trailer to another movie. I don't know if you guys saw this. Did you see the beginning? Did, do you know who wrote that movie? The guys who did God's Not Dead. It's a Christian movie. It's a Christian movie that is coming out um, like this week, that it's a demon, a demonized serial killer. A Christian movie put on by born-again spirit-filled men that will not, what was the movie last year that they put on? Unplanned? I never saw Unplanned, so I don't know if you saw Unplanned, but yeah, so that's who put this movie on. So, Sean, I was listening to Sean Bowles today. He said it's a mix between Silence and the Lambs and the screw tape letters from C.S. Lewis. He said it's actually creepy. I know. I told Scott I was going to go watch it while he was gone Friday night, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to the movies and watch it because it comes out tomorrow night. Maybe I'll make him go with me tomorrow night. I hate scary stuff, I don't watch scary movies. So anyway, they're telling the story of, of producing this movie, and the comparison of producing this movie versus God's Not Dead and Unplanned, like the wildest, creepiest things, 18 car crashes happened during the making of this movie. Um, the, when they were, uh, whatever, I don't know what part of the making of the movie, the building that they were working on this movie literally was hit by a storm the roof was torn off of this, of this uh, building and it collapsed to the ground. And they said, to this day, this building is not standing. They said the warfare, they said they could go on for days, the warfare against this movie. I'm not advertising the movie. It's super creepy. Like whenever, like I told Scott, it kind of offended me. I'm like, why are they even showing this trailer? Cause it did not look like a Christian movie, but it's the story of, a. Serial killer, demonized, and Jesus being the only answer for this man. So it's like giving the, the, it's shedding the light on darkness and light. So the reason I'm saying this is it's not just us that God is saying it's time to wake up. It's not just us. So anyway, there's that. Are y'all mad at me?
6: Debbie? So you've you've taught on this in the recent past about the mixture and the church and the mixture. And it is real. And so when you see people who are saved and they love Jesus and they come to church, but there's still a mixture in their life. And so people won't have to get mad at you I'll say it, the church lives in, we want the party, we want to go and drink with the friends and have the party and, you know, check out for a little bit, or um, maybe it's uh, pharmakia, and pharmakia is a real thing, and it's in the Bible, and it's witchcraft. Yeah. It's pharmakia, and it's mind, mind control it get it opens your brain portal for the demonic, and I am not saying this to judge anyone. I'm just saying if any you know if the church and I know the church is caught in this just because a generation before us you know compromised and so then we have compromise and Maybe the ones coming behind us. But it is a real thing. And it is allowing Satan to have his who love Jesus because of it.
0: But, and there's the unknown. There's generational curses that some Christians don't even know about. So it may not be the mixture, which we know there is that. But there's also generational things that... Um, you know, they, they don't know, why do I always get sick? Well, my mother always gets sick. I always have anxiety. So there's other things. There's molestation that they haven't dealt with. There's unforgiveness. So there's things like that too on top of the mixture.
1: Heaven's going to be wonderful. Um, I'm just going to be real honest. I don't, discernment is vital for us as believers. I feel like Scott has a high level of discernment. I feel like, I can have a high level of discernment. I feel things. I feel things. I walk into a room and I feel intense things, but I don't know what I'm feeling always. Sometimes I might, but okay. My point is this, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is um, we don't want to become a people that everything's a demon. We don't want to be like that. Um, But we've excused a lot of demons and we've counseled a lot of demons And so a thing that is my prayer is that God would, would let the, the discernment would become such a high stake in our lives, um, that we begin to navigate and see when we're actually dealing with the demon versus flesh or versus just weakness, um, I don't even know what to say in addition to that. But it's like, we don't want to be the people that under every rock is a demon. Even though I feel like there's way more demonic than we realize. Yeah.
3: I think that talking about this is scarier than actually doing it. Because I've been in several situations where demons have been cast out. And it's not pretty. But it's not scary. So I just want to say, it, you know, what we're talking about is it's kind of fearful. It's fearful to think about serial killer having a demon and you being involved in that. But it, it's, we, we don't have to be afraid. I'm just saying that
1: for myself. We don't have to be afraid. And it's like, I don't even not that I want to tell God what to do, but it's like, I don't even want to be a deliverance ministry. You know what I mean? I just want us to walk as sons and daughters with the authority that He's given us. That's all, that's all I want to do, but there's going to be a season while God is teaching us and equipping us. And it may be in the forefront of what we're talking about, but it's for the sole fact of equipping us, not because we're just, Oh, that place is going to become a, a, all it is is deliverance. And it's not going to be that. (laughs) I mean, I I, you get what I'm saying. If it needs to be, it will. Okay. Are you ready to start reading scriptures? Does anybody have any thoughts, questions, arguments, amens? Okay. Matthew chapter four. Who wants to read first? Matthew chapter four, verses one through 11. We'll just read the word until the end of class. We'll elaborate if we want to, but these there's a lot of scriptures in all of the gospels and I'm just going to start with the first story of Jesus's encounter with the demonic. Okay. Who wants to read one through 11 4, one through 11? Then Jesus was led by the
3: spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus.
1: Okay, I'm not going to elaborate on all these. But we want to pay attention to how Jesus dealt with this. And ultimately he said, get away from me, Satan. And what did Satan do? He left. Okay, so 423 through 24. Matthew 4:23, same place. Just a couple of scriptures. Go ahead and raise your hand, Nathan. You have it.
5: Jesus went all about, went all about went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and kinds of disease. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people, epileptics, and paralytics. Okay,
1: so Jesus preached, healed, cast demons out. Can I say this too? He didn't water, like the Bible doesn't water down what it's called. Like it's casting out demons. It's not like, oh, they just need a breakthrough. Of course we need, we all need a breakthrough. But let's, let's not water it down for the sake of whatever it is. It's called casting out demons. All right. So 20, uh, chapter seven, verse 21 through 23. Don, can you do that? Chapter
0: 7, 21 through 23. Let me find it first. 21 through 23. Okay. Jesus warns of pretenders. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the realm of heaven's kingdom. It is only those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly father. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? but I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been joined to you.
1: I don't even pretend to even fully know what that means, but I do know of a story where an unsaved person that has the anointing of deliverance was speaking truth in their lifestyle of sin, and they saw a demon start to come out of a person because their... They're, the truth that they carried, even though their lifestyle didn't match up, there was authority on it. There was authority on it. Um, which is wild. I've never heard that before, but that totally matches. Like they said that they were casting out demons in Jesus name, but he's like, I don't even know you. Um, and I want to, I don't know if I said this clear, clear earlier, but, but different people have different levels of authority. And, and we're going to have people in this body that's going to rise up and they're going to be actual deliverance ministers. And they are going to have a greater authority than maybe what I have or what you have. Or maybe you are the one that I'm talking about. But but we have to be super careful to not compare and to just be in our lane, be where we are, and just let God grow us where we are. We are not pretenders, right? We're not going to pretend to do something, uh, pretend that we know how to do something when we don't, but we will walk in the confidence and the authority of Jesus Christ that he says, uh, whenever you resist the devil, he flees, okay? But there's going to be people to rise up in this ministry that's going to be very knowledgeable, but full of authority to cast out demons that maybe some others wouldn't. I think that you, I mean, I may be wrong, but I, th- I think that, you know what I mean? Like Scott has a great anointing to te- uh, to preach and not all of us have that anointing to preach. You get what I'm saying? Okay. So I'm walking to someone and I don't even know who I'm walking to. So uh, chapter eight, 16 and 17, would you want to read for me that evening? Many demons, po-
2: many demon possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sickness and removed our diseases.
1: Many, many. If there was many then, I feel like there's many now. Yvonne, would you be willing to do 8, 28 through 34?
2: And when he came to the other side into the country of Gadarenes, 2 demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, What business do you have with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now there was a herd of many pigs feeding at a distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you are going to cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. And they came out and went into the pigs and behold, the whole herd uh, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the water. And the herdsmen ran away and went to the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the demon possessed man. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when
1: they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Tia, would you do 9, 32 through 35? When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast
3: out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said,
1: he can cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. So we're going to do chapter 10, verses 1. I don't know if it's through 8 or 1 and
6: 8, so you can do whatever you want. Okay. All right. The prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out the evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and the hurt lives. This is the list of the 12 he sent. Simon, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot, who later turned on him. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert believers, and don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here, in the neighborhood tell them that the kingdom is here bring health to the sick raise the dead touch the untouchables kick out the demons you have been treated generously so live generously I feel
1: like this is probably my favorite scripture for this season every time I've had the microphone I feel like I've talked about this scripture this is so wild to me I feel like I put pressure on myself Still, to free people and to heal people. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus literally, they came into the table with Jesus, these, you've heard me say it, these hot mess of guys who didn't even know that if they believed the actual theology that Jesus was teaching them, and then he sent them out two by two, and they're preaching the stuff that they're not even sure that they believe what is coming out of their mouth, but they know Jesus is Lord. They know that Jesus is the Messiah, and this is what Jesus tells them. Like they were nothing and without any power, and they sit at the table, and he says, freely I give you, now freely give. Have you been saved? Have you been healed? Who in this room has been physically healed by the body and the blood of Jesus? Freely you've received, freely give. There is no pressure on us. He is simply inviting us, calling us into the ministry of loving people where they're at and giving them, meeting their needs through Jesus. And even the reality of people being demonized, he says, freely you've received, freely give. They didn't sit through. I mean, they they sat through three years of watching. No, I don't know at what point. I don't know how long they've been with Jesus at this point. Does anybody know how long they've been with Jesus? Chapter ten. Let's say they've been with him for eight months. Who knows? I have no idea. They had on the job training of watching Jesus. I don't think that they did all of the conferences and all that stuff like what we do to be equipped to go. Jesus gave them the power, and he said, "Go." Isn't that? Don't you love that scripture? It like, it does something to my heart. Okay, who who over here wants to read? you want to read? 10, 5 through 8.
5: Matthew 10. Matthew 10 same okay. Three.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. She just what? read that. She just read that. Sorry, my bad. Don't 12. toy
5: with my emotions. Tw- that's a lot. 22. Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself how then can his kingdom stand and if i drive out demons by belzebub by whom do your people drive them out so then they will be so then they will be your judges but if i drive out demons by the spirit of god then the kingdom of god has come upon you or again how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man then he can rob his house He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in this age to come. Through 33. Make a tree, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. for a tree is recognized by its fruit. Okay.
1: The religious spirit's going to get really ticked off whenever we actually start walking in this. I mean, hopefully we've made the religious spirit mad already up to this point, but um, yeah, so the Pharisees stand up and they're like, "Oh, you're a devil! You're a devil that casts out devils!" And it's like, yeah, it just it just inflates. So Jesus is—I mean, I just feel like it's an example that um, there's gonna there's gonna be backlash from it, and there's gonna be people in the church that don't agree with it. There's people in the church that don't believe that de- that Christians can be demonized. And I believe that people that believe that Christians can't be demonized clearly haven't done deliverances. If you've, if you've done deliverances or know people that's done deliverance, they're convinced that Christians can be demonized because they've delivered demons from Christians.
5: I, I at one time as a pastor, was convinced that believers couldn't be demonized. I was. And then I got in the word and then saw testimonies and different things like that and God God's grown me to see that she talked a little bit earlier about possession. Possession is ownership. So a believer can't be possessed because if they're possessed by the Lord, but but believers open up doors that allow a devil, the devil, the demon to have ground in them. And those things need they don't own that. That's Jesus. Is he paid for that. Amen. So just a couple of thoughts as we learn. But I, I've been there. I just want to. I think we just need to be honest with each other. But like I've I've said that before. You know I, I have. Yeah.
1: Okay. And I don't even pretend that I t- fully get that. But um, that man that we prayed for and that woman that we prayed for the other night were born again Christians that love the Lord with their whole heart. <laughs> that wasn't even a question. Um I don't know what we're going to look like in a year. Like I don't know how far, deep, wide we're going to be walking this out, but one of the biggest issues that these guys have is people in the body of Christ screaming, Christians can't be demonized. It's like the biggest setback from the people in the church. Um, Whenever you read in Ephesians last week and this week, I just really wanted us to read Ephesians chapter three, four and five. Like, let's just sit and read those. There's just it's just so good, which I feel like it's very applicable with what we're talking about. But Paul talks about do whatever you can to, to stay at peace with each other um, and, and to get offended and to walk away because you disagree. That's not staying in peace. If we get offended, let's talk it out <laughs> and let's go to the word and let's find out what the word says and let's like grow together in it. But let's refuse to be offended and walk away because we're mad at what you believe. Um, we're all just learning and growing. Yes, please.
2: Easier for an unbeliever coming into a church to get delivered or to get set free than it is for a Christian in the church. And I think sometimes we get hung up on
1: the things we don't understand. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know. That's just something that I, don't know. I mean, that makes sense cuz these guys that I've been listening to says that this this thing that I just brought that we're talking about that so many be- Christians say Christians can't be demonized. That's only in the United States. Like nowhere in third world countries, like like nobody that's not even a thought over there. It's just, it's like part of that religious spirit that's just in the United States.
4: Maybe there's like literal idolatry and witchcraft voodoo. Like it's out in the open here. It's not as, I mean, it's actually becoming that way, but
1: yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, Yes, Mike. Okay. Okay. Uh,
2: uh, that that uh, that story where the the
5: um, the demon possessed men were that uh, they were cast out and they went into the pigs. Well, there was like a thousand of those demons. They never die. The the pigs died, but then what happened to those demons? The the seven the seven that uh, were cast out in the theater. Where did they go? Yeah.
1: We need to cast them. To Jesus what? Okay. We need to, cast them to
2: Jesus. Speak. And. What doors do we have open that
6: they can come?
1: Christians. Okay, let's stand. It's 8 o'clock. We're going to pray. Yeah, so my prayer to you, Jesus, is show us your ways. Show us your ways that we walk with you. Show us your ways that we imitate you. Show us your ways that we um, become like you, that we actually are disciples of you, Jesus. And God, I pray for a grace on us to do this thing of deliverance that you're calling us to. God, we cry out, help, (laughs) help us. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that you protect us from the evil one. God, that you protect us from confusion. That you protect us from lack of unity. God, that we as a church are able to walk this out and that we steward well the things that that you are teaching us and giving us and even the anointings that you're putting on us, God. God, that we stay humble and we stay low and we stay out of sin, oh God. that that we, God, um, that we stay pure and holy before you, oh God. That we will not live in mixture anymore. I pray that this is a place, oh God, that there is a deep, fiery, violent desperation to be free. God, for men and women and and people that come in week after week after week and they've made friends and they've decided this is just the way life is going to be. We just declare no no more. And we declare that we will be free, free indeed, oh God, that there is a violence that rises up that we cannot and we will not live in that place of bondage anymore, oh God. God, we just cry out for your help. We just look to you. We look to the cross, to the body and the blood of Jesus that Is all we need is in you, oh God. And we just say thank you for training us. We say thank you for saving us, delivering us, and healing us, oh God. You are more than enough. And we worship you, and we commit our lives to you again, and we say yes to you again tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.